Hi, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of the Shop Notes podcast. I'm your host, Phil Huber. Today is episode number 129. Well, on today's episode, we're going to discuss Labor Day goals, uh, jointing solid wood panels, and joining solid wood panels, and all that and more. Thanks for joining us. I have the usual cast of suspects here, John Doyle and Logan Whitmer. Today's podcast is brought to you by Shaper Tools. They're the makers of the Shaper Origin. It's that handheld CNC router that brings digital precision to the craft of woodworking. Tackle joinery, cabinetry, hardware installation, and more with speed and precision. You could try it risk-free in your shop for 30 days. Just visit shapertools.com to learn more. I'm going to get things started with discussion about a project that I'm working on in the shop here is a dining room table for my sister that she's asked me to build. I'm going to do that and a sideboard to go with it. And the tabletop is like three feet by six feet. So it's good size. And there's five boards in it right now. <clears throat> Um, got it walnut, got it from Logan and was going through the process of getting the boards ready to glue up. And I've been wanting to improve my skills with my jointer plane. I have a Montgomery Ward's jointer plane from like a hundred years ago and Realize that a lot of the instruction on jointing long edges or jointing boards to begin with is kind of bunk, in my opinion. Because it seems to imply that all you do is just run your jointer plane across the edge a couple of times, you know, hold it square, boom, perfectly straight square edges that when you bring the two sides together, they should practically suction fit without even glue. Yeah. I don't know if that works for me every time. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. There's been times where I've like just used our, you know, jointer power jointer and joint things. And it's like, this seems worse. Than when I started, <laughs> it's like, what is the deal here? So I get it. Yeah. It's cause it's cause you don't have a big old 24 inch joint. Yes. That is the problem. Stand on as mm -hmm. you joint. Yes. <laughs> Just wait. Yep. So that once Logan's big problems. jointer is ready, then, then all of our problems will be solved. Then no issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I'm actually in the joint tree cans before I saw them. <laughs> so, yes, pre-jointing. Yeah. The best thing about a 24-inch joiner is if you're just uh joining like 3-quarter-inch edges, you can you never have to sharpen the blade. You just keep moving the fence down. It's like mm -hmm. That's right. Lasts forever. Yeah. So, now see I've I've had that happen too, John, where it's like Okay, little gap in the center, run it through the jointer real quick, straighten it out, and all of a sudden you're like, what the crap? This is worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
The other so. thing that I noticed, we were, oh, it was the green and green bookcase. We were using mahogany, and I would, like, you know, joint the faces and the edges and, like, get them in, get them all, like, straight, and, and they're, like, ready to go. And I just had to rip, like, an eighth of an inch off the other edge. And when I went to do that, the board just went and just like twisted just from like, I don't know yep. if it's the heat from the saw blade or, or what, but the, just that little bit of yeah. ripping off the other edge of a jointed and flat board. It like kinked everything. Yeah. So, well, it's, always it's funny because in particular, I've had that exact, I've had that exact same issue with mahogany from Liberty before. And that's all. Well, I had it a little bit with some beach, but mahogany, um, when we have gotten it from Liberty Hardwoods in the past, I've had that happen to me, which Mm -hmm. is really annoying when it does. (laughs) Yeah. So I think, I mean, a lot of times instruction, whether it's power jointing or hand jointing, there's kind of an assumption made that you have these boards where the grain is running in a very predictable single direction on the edge of a board which might be fine for you know face frame parts or styles and rails or something Mm -hmm. like that but if you're dealing with wide boards most of them are going to have grain that is going to change direction probably at least twice along the length of a board if you're at any Mm -hmm. length you know table table or bookshelf length and it's like what do you do then right cut thinner pieces right or narrower pieces yeah take some strategy for sure yeah and i think because of that you know like when i would match the two boards together you know, on a couple of them where the grain was relatively straight, like the ends of the boards were touching and then I had a gap mostly along the middle. But then some of the other boards, it would be like touching and gaps in all different places. So it's not like it was consistent. So I think even with the with the grain kind of diving in and out of the edge that you'd get uh, distortion in the board long, you know, Mm -hmm. even though it was ripped straight, so to speak. So it's like, instead of, so what I ended up doing then is instead of trying to, you know, walk this plane down the edge of the board, trying to get a consistent shaving, it's more like hitting high spots, you know, where the, where the two pieces are touching, you know, addressing those in shorter planing strokes and then checking the fit again and then doing that in a series of trial runs or tests or whatever until I get a, excuse me, until I get a consistent workable joint line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In my earlier woodworking days, that would have been just lots of glue and more clamps. Which doesn't usually end up well long term, but it's a short term solution. Right. Wait, we're not doing that still? <laughs> I mean, all of us have probably thought that the solution to the problem was just more clamps. Yeah. 
So, <clears throat> but I think, yeah, you're right. I've, I'm a better woodworker now. So gaps that didn't bother me back in the day bother me now. And it's like trying to like know when to say when, like at some point you just got to stop picking at it. Right. Yeah. Have you ever gone the method of like clamping the two jointing or the two boards you're joining together and like trying to join playing them at the same time? And yes. And I will do that on relatively short pieces right. or shorter pieces where it's not too clumsy to, to deal with it. But mm -hmm. you know, these were six foot long boards between eight and 10 inches mm -hmm. wide, you know, so it's tough to, align you know what it's going to be the mating edge and then clamp it up and then bring it to the vise and how am i going to hold it in the vise and that kind of thing so yeah yeah i also think that hand jointing shorter pieces compared to longer pieces while similar it is actually totally different operations right Because with those, you know, you can just basically, you know, uh, with cooperative, relatively cooperative grain, you can just shoot that edge in one go <clears throat> and get, and get the edge you're looking for. But with longer boards, like I was saying, you kind of have to, you have to seek out the high spots rather than, in my opinion, and on this recent experience, trying to just shoot one long Japanese planing competition curl off the whole edge. Especially yeah. since, you know, with the grain changing, you know, yeah, come at it from this way for a little bit and then this way for another way, a little bit and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you just got some bad lumber. Where'd you get that from? <laughs> defective yeah yeah i don't know talk to chunk of trunk they have like a national number i mean i know that they yeah their franchise There's a help hotline yeah, yeah. internet chat <laughs> i know that i did when i went to actually glue up the boards i used my trusty biscuit joiner mm -hmm. to cut a couple of biscuit slots. Now I didn't like pepper the whole length of it. You know, when I bring the two pieces, you know, two boards together, I kind of see where they're not gonna stay aligned. And that's where I put a biscuit. Mm -hmm. So most of the edges have three. One of them was just a little more cantankerous. The board was, so I did four in that one. But, you know, I was just using it to, I didn't glue the biscuits in place. I just used them for alignment. And then when I went to glue the board, the two boards together, the biscuits that I put in there, I wanted to make sure were snug fit in the slots so that I would have that better chance of the board staying aligned. So, mm -hmm. so anyway, yeah. that's my experience in uh, jointing and gluing up large panels, more commiseration than anything. So on this table, are you doing like turned legs or straight no, legs? No, 
they're going to be, um, I don't know how to describe it, kind of angled legs, like almost like if you took the letter K and just eliminated the straight stroke of it mm-hmm. and then just had kind of like a bent mid-century look to it. Okay. Sounds cool. Yeah. So I'll be doing updates on that on our Facebook lives as we go along these next few weeks. So if people want to see how it's going, they can do it that way. So the other thing I was thinking of food for thought here is we are just past Labor Day. And I was thinking seems like a good time to reevaluate what I really want to do for woodworking for the rest of the year projects that I want to make. And John and I, John, you and I talked about this with the back to school thing where it's like, now we get the opportunity to have a little bit of more shop time. Kids aren't around in the same way that they were before. So we can do some other things. So, and I do set New Year's resolution. So I think it's kind of a cool opportunity to reevaluate those periodically. So I was thinking of that. I know one of the things that I want to do is uh, do a little bit more in my workshop. Like because of summer and activities, I was just out of my shop a lot. So a lot of the woodworking that I did ended up being here at the office, which I totally get. I have that privilege, but, um, I want to wake up my shop a little bit and be out there a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering if any, if you guys had anything that you were looking forward to doing this fall season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It seems like I've been doing a lot of, um, like landscaping and yard work and stuff lately trying to, you know, get stuff done. Like we talked about, uh, we have kids graduating. So it's like thinking ahead, or trying to think ahead of like all the stuff that I need to get done before we host graduation parties and whatnot. So it's like, yeah, it's like cleaning out the garage. Um, and then like with the landscaping and yard stuff, I want to build a, I have a little area that for like a raised bed garden or garden trellis type thing. So that's kind of something I want to work on here this fall. And I believe, uh, we have that type of project coming up in the magazine that I signed up to design. So I'm trying to double duty that and, mm-hmm. you know, smart. So that's something I want to work on here as the kids are out of the house, back to school and, you know, getting back in the, the shop. So working on that. So see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Cool. But Yeah. So I'm just looking forward to a shop getting started at my house, like at some point, <laughs> hopefully. So have you had any, had any updates, Logan? Are you closer to getting concrete? Uh, concrete will be one of the last things to go. Um, with pole barns, they set the poles, build the walls, and then they pour inside. So 
No, I need to make a phone call today and pester my builder again. Um, I know there, there's a bunch of people that are on the wait list, so I'm not the only one. Um, it's just been on the wait list almost for a year now. So would really like to get moving along on it. I have, you know, crap kind of strung all over that's supposed to go into the shop. So it would be really nice to get some of that moved and cleared out. Hmm. Um, and it's one of those, like, the waiting's the hardest part. Right. So I just, Maybe need my, to... my biggest thing I keep saying is I need to be in there before winter. So winter is coming. <laughs> As they say, maybe you need to grease some palms to move up that wait list. Right. You know, you know, I, I, don't I know am how that not, works. I am not above that, John. I'm not above that. <laughs> yep. Or maybe just people farther ahead on the wait list need to have some sort of an accident. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Doyle, can you help me out with that? <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> so, Logan, you brought in your ginormous jointer to the shop this week. What's your what's your first steps on that for the restoration? Okay, so my first steps are going to be get it shot, get it into the studio and shoot it, um, kind of shoot how it sits. And then it's going to be a complete teardown. Like there's stuff on there that doesn't need to be on there any longer. Um, the motor starters that are on, sure. on there, I'm not using those. I'm going to be using some VFD, a VFD to, to run the motor. Um, so kind of tearing it all down. Um, there's not a whole lot of rust on it. Like the surface, the top surface is a little rusty cause it's what got condensation on it. Um, but right. Overall, there's not a whole lot of rust on it, so it's going to be just a heavy-duty strip-down, degrease, and clean. Um, and then it's going to be more of a cosmetic thing. I mean, really, uh, a joiner is such a simple tool. It's a cutter head with bearings to hold it and a motor. Like, there's not much there, um, so there's nothing yeah. really to repair. It's going to be a lot of cosmetics. Um, I'm kind of struggling with how I want to paint it, like originally it was either like that kind of machine gray or like an olive drabby kind of green. Uh, but I'm kind of yeah. thinking like, maybe I go like a, like a Navy seaplane type paint job, like a, you know, kind of a metallic -y dark blue something with, Oh, that would be kind of cool trim on it. Yeah. Right. So I don't really know. Okay. Um, I would, I would also like to, I mean, it would be cool to do like a like a automotive metallic paint on it, but I mean that's sure. all cosmetics, you know. Um, biggest thing is going to yeah. be figuring out bearings. Um, I have been talking to Keith Rucker, who is he runs VintageMachinery.org, um, and very very he's like he's like the guy for vintage machinery. So I've been kind of chatting with him about how he would tackle these bearings the missing bearings. And he said, well, what yeah. I would do is 3d print them, design them, 3d print them. And then he gave me the contact info of a, a small Amish foundry that does that specializes in one-off castings. And he's like, I'd have them cast. And oh. then 
you have them machined. I'm like, well, that I mean, that sounds that sounds expensive, but okay. Um, because his his thought is with pillow blocks, which was what I was going to put on there, which are just kind of the little half dome or half circle shaped bearing holders. Um, yeah. If you get that cutter head high enough, the top of that pillow block is going to be above the surface of the table. So whenever you look at a jointer with pillow block bearings, the top of the pillow block is milled flat. So you have clearance for wide boards. Oh, yeah, yeah. So so I that's mean, kind of... Not that you have that problem with enough. your jointer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, what if true. you want to do a 25-inch wide board? Right. That's right. You know? That's right. So... Yeah, so that's kind of the the biggest unknown, um, but I'll figure something out with it. Um, you know, just gonna be a lot of lot of grunting, a lot of lifting, a lot of Mark cursing me in his English accent. So it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. So the usual. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. I think it'll be cool to see it take shape and. And you're right, a jointer is a pretty simple tool other than the adjustable tables. You know, there's really yeah. no complex mechanicals on the inside. So, Sweet. All right. I think that wraps up everything for today's broadcast. I uh, want to make sure to thank Shaper Tools for sponsoring today's episode. They have that Shaper Origin and a couple of new products to go with it. They have the plate that is kind of a multi-purpose router jig that goes with the Origin and their new studio software package. So you want to check that out. Uh, you can even try the Shaper in your shop, the Origin, for 30 days. Just go to shapertools.com to learn more. Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs>